In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Um, Jay. On two. Hi, everyone. Um, if you want to, if there's a seat in front of you, can you just move forward? It just feels a lot better if we're all closer together this morning. If there's, there is a seat and you're just looking at it, obviously you're not moving. Well, um, we're starting now. Guys, are you all right? All good? <laughs> we're starting now. We'll get into it, eh? The guys will sort out. It's supposed to be um, live streaming. Uh, we're starting our spiritual detox. Everyone say detox. Um, and uh, spiritual detox over the next six weeks is a series around some of the things that we need to get rid of in our lives that actual. Uh, stopping us or hindering us from walking fully in our relationship with Jesus. Uh, There's some stuff, you know, there's a lot of pressure out there. There's a lot of things, a lot of spiritual aspects as well that can actually hold us back. But this morning, I'm opening it up in terms of the intro. So the intro this morning is called, um, it wants to say, throw off. Throw off. Turn to someone beside you and say, throw off. Not throw up, throw off. (laughs) Sorted? Thanks, guys. Let's pray. So Spiritual Detox is going to be a great series. We've got some different speakers, and then I'll wrap it up at the end in about July. Um, so I love what Mala said this morning. Be, come and actually, don't just come and hear, but the Bible says, don't just be hearers of the word, but doers. It's like when you go to the beach and you, and you say, oh, I've got a slip, slop, slap, you know? But you don't do any of that, obviously you're going to look like a roast chicken. So it's important to actually apply what you're learning. Application is important for growth. Amen? So this morning, if you've got your Bibles with you, open your Bibles to Mark 10. Mark 10. And we're going to read from verse 46. If you don't have a Bible, just ask the person beside you if you can share with them. If they say no, go and have a look for a new friend. So Mark 10, we're going to read from verse 46. This is a great story in the Bible. This is the last miracle performed by Jesus in the Bible. Besides his resurrection, this is the last actual miracle that takes place. And it says here, verse 46, Now they had come to Jericho. As he went out of Jericho with his disciples, a great multitude with the great multitude, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the road begging. And when he heard, everyone say heard, that he was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Then many warned him to be quiet. But he cried out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. So Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. Then they called the blind man, saying to him, Be of good cheer. Rise, he is calling you. 
and throwing aside or throwing off, other the translations say, his garment, he rose and came to Jesus. Verse 51. So Jesus answered and said to him, what do you want me to do for you? The blind man said to him, Rabboni, which is actually master or Lord, that I may receive my sight. Then Jesus said to him, go, your faith has made you well. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus on the road. That's a cool scripture, eh? We read this scripture and we sometimes think, um, what does it really mean? <laughs> Who thinks of that when they're reading the Bible? What do these stories actually mean? I'm going to put out some truth in it, and I pray that by the Spirit of God that you walk away with some, some gold for yourself. And my prayer is that you don't just hear some inspirational stuff or motivational stuff, that actually you go and actually have some life-changing effects. Because God's not just about just making you feel better. God's actually about changing your whole life. So this morning we hear a barn Bartimaeus. I just think it's funny that, um, that straight away the author of this book, Mark, he, he straight away, he gives us a label. It's an amazing that society loves to focus on our vulnerabilities instead of our victories. Because the Bible says this, that he was called blind Bartimaeus. Isn't it amazing that people bring up all your defects and your problems straight away instead of looking at where you've come from. And the crazy thing is that when he was begging, as he's, as he's listening out, he's hearing these reports and these people talking about the miracle makers coming to town. He's here. He cries out. He has no shame at all to realize that his Savior and his healer had just walked into town. Last week I had, uh, actually this week, had a cool conversation with uh, my son, Zach. Now, Zach is, where is he? I think he's helping, eh? Oh, he's at Zach. Zach's out there. So Zach had, um, I love my boy. He's my eldest son, 16 years old. Um, but we had his interview. We went to the interview and we sat down. And as I was sitting down with different teachers, um, he wants to do something with sports science one day, so his first subject was sports science. His first level one year. And we sat there, and I, and I was just so amazed at listening to the people talking about my boy. Who gets overwhelmed sometimes when they're hearing great things about the kids? And it's amazing that we say it's the other person's child when it's bad things. <laughs> but when I heard this person, um, these teachers describe his character, and the person, they, they didn't focus on his academic results. They focused on the person he was. And even in the report, they started to say, Zach is a, a, he's a great character. He's so polite in class. He's so kind. He's a team person. And I was like, wow, this guy, my boy. And I was so happy. And I floated around the room. We went from one teacher, went to the maths teacher. And the maths teacher sat there and he said, oh, yeah, your boy is such a, a polite young man. He's such a good people person. He, he, he leads well in class. And I was just, man, I was overwhelmed with joy because I had got re his report straight away. So I thought they're going to talk about the, the information. He's doing really well in school. He's already got most of his credits already. So I wasn't worried about that. 
but I was more concerned about how was he. And then when they were talking about him, and then we sat down and, and we and sat there, then the, the math teacher, who's also his, his basketball coach, goes, hey, we'll see you tonight. It's basketball practice. And Zach, man, I was so proud of him, man. I didn't say anything, but he just said, I can't because I've got prayer meeting tonight. Tonight's prayer meeting night. So Zach's growing up in the place where that's what we value. That, that's us. I didn't, I didn't say anything to him. I didn't tell him this is why we do things. He just said, no, we've got prayer meeting tonight. And then the teacher said, oh, that's right. You drive all the way out to Papakura. Why do you go to Papakura for? You know, because that's what we do. That's our family. That's what we value. And I was walking out that door thinking to myself, this boy is awesome. I think he's awesome already. He doesn't think I'm awesome at, at times because when I tell him off, there's a moment. But the crazy thing, this is a moment but over here, we had, two days before that, we had the good to great talk. Who's had that with their kids? If you haven't, I think you should have your kids. I'm a tough love type of person. So my boy, he wants to be a great basketball player. So he wants to play professional basketball one day. And I open up my statement, and some of your parents are going, oh, that's a bit harsh, Joe. That's too much, man. That's way too much. I open my statement to saying, you're not a great player. Clickbait parenting. Got you. And looked at me, he's like, his eyes were like, what? What my parent? What do you say? I'm not a great player. I think he's a, a, a good player. But then I asked him, I told him, I said to him, what are the stats in your team? Are you the highest points? Are you got the highest points in the team? He goes, no. Are you, how much time are you on the court? Or well, not that often, you know, they just put me on when I have time. Okay, then, so you don't have the highest points. And, and I, we talked about being in the B team because he's in the B team. But he's in the senior B team. So he's in 16 playing in the under-19 B team. So we talked about that, which is pretty impressive. We talked about that. And I said to him, son, I'm not trying to downplay what you're doing or your goals and your aspirations in life. Not at all. And we got into the talk about if you want to be great over here, there's some things over here in your good season that you need to resolve. You need to resolve that it actually requires hard work. Hello? You can't just go, I'm going to be there without doing the hard work here. So I said, do you want to be great? And he goes, yes, I want to be great. Okay, so right now you're doing good things. You're not doing great things. So it's time to do some great things because over here you can be a great player. So what you need to do is actually... You actually need to get more court time. You need to get more practicing. You need to actually invest yourself into it a bit more. You need to be dreaming and sleeping basketball. Hello? You can't just think, oh, project it out there. I'm going to be down there one day and that's going to happen. But what happened was actually from that conversation, he was like, I get it. I get it. And then this, and why, why am I sharing that? Because sometimes... We can settle for where we're at right now. Who's happy on where they're at? Who's content? No hands up. <laughs> um, yesterday I was, today I wasn't. But who wants more? Who wants to be further down the track? Hands up. Don't, don't be ashamed. Don't do fuck, don't do fuck and just go, oh, no, no, I'm humble. No, that's false humility. Okay. Who wants to be further down the track and success and healthy living and their God called, who wants to be in that place where they're not just good, they're great. Cool. Do you know it's okay to be proud? 
boast in Christ, but don't let pride get you. So, and when it, when it comes to that, you've got to be actually, you can't pull punches. Now, we, we can be so humble that we pull our punches. Who knows that term? Do you know you need to start, and I'm talking to some of the men this morning, you need to start fighting for your families. Are you the first person up in the morning to pray for your family? And then I was so convicted by this that the other night God woke me up. I didn't get up because I didn't get up that early. But about 3.30, I just, you know those moments when you just wake up and you know there's no early morning training, you just wake up. And you're like, 3.30 in the morning, where am I, what am I supposed to do? Do you know there's a God reminders that you need to start praying for something? And in that morning, I was walking around my house in Mangare. I was walking around the house. Okay, well, Lord, bless my kids. And my wife was fast asleep, so she didn't know this. It's not like I go to the bedroom and go, Lord, I woke up this morning and I prayed for us. That's not what you do. You just pray. So when all the whanau, all the family are sleeping, you should be the first one up, getting up way before you go to training and say, God, bless my house, bless my kids. I pray they have a productive day. I pray they succeed in everything you call them to. Are we doing that, men? Are we pulling our punches? Are we being too nice? Because it's time, that, it's time to actually stand up and say to, the, to Satan that he hasn't won anything. Hello? But we, we treat him like he's won everything. Oh, I can't, Joe. No, it's too hard. We, we put these excuses in place. It's, oh, I can't. Well, have you prayed? Some of you go, oh, but I can't see the breakthrough. Have you prayed? Have you actually taken it to God? Oh, I have prayed. Pray again. I love sitting down with Phil this week and talking about where God has brought him. He had, he had a good life. Now he's got a great life. <laughs> and there's more to come. Hearing the testimony of him praying for his wife. Are we, I'm talking to the men this morning and the rest, but I'm talking to you men. You need to rise up and start praying for your families. There's no amens, I know. But you need to be convicted in your house. Let's say, me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray for my wife. I'm going to pray for my, my kids. I'm going to pray for my whanau. We've got to start pulling punches. And there's something that the Lord laid on my heart. And sometimes when you're in a sparring match and you pull punches because you don't want to hurt the person, guess what? With the enemy, you just punch him out. You're ruthless. So I, no, get behind me, man. You have no authority in my house. When it comes to breakthrough, you have no authority at all because Jesus has given me all authority. So I'm standing and saying, no more. If you're praying, I love the testimony this morning at Roxanne. You know, she didn't just come and just rock up and just say, oh, I'm just going to just, um, just show up here to church. No, she would have been praying her heart out. For her husband. She wouldn't mean just sitting there going, oh, it will change over time. No, no. She would have been crying out to God, saying, God, rescue that man. And if you weren't here last week, you heard him talk about where he came from, you'd be going, wow, crazy. Only God can do that. We've become too nice. We become too nice you know, when, when we're looking at the bills and they come on the table and you go, oh, there's got to be more. No, you've got to go, there is more. And today, 
Family, come here. We're going to pray for our bills. Everyone in the kitchen, we're going to pray. Turn the water off. No more hot water in the house. Who left the lights on? Who left the lights on? But the thing is that it's important that you stand your ground now. We feel like this morning in our prayer meeting that there's a shifting in our season that God is bringing. I love the Nancy's prophetic word about God doing a sweeping through the church. And I don't think it's just us. I think it's other people. Some of your friends are probably going, yeah, you're feeling like a, a shift. Yes, yeah, I am. Wow. That's God. That's God. How does God do it? Well, God just allows circumstances to arise that you now have to be challenged with. He allowed certain people to come into your life that you get annoyed by, but God's going to test your patience. He's trying to make you a kinder person. He's going to make you gentle. And that's why God brings annoying people in your life. Paul preached about it, the thorn in the side. It was just annoying people. And you're going, God, take them away. God's going, no, they're there for you. Because guess what? You're annoying. It's amazing how many people think that other people are annoying and then look in the mirror. Oh, wait a minute, I'm annoying. <laughs> Sorry about that. If you're wondering why people are walking away from the circle when you come in, there's a problem. And it's called you. I'm just being real here because sometimes we act all christian and all that stuff. And it's all that. We, all, we throw our jargon out there and people out there looking at us going, wow, you guys are so nice. No, I don't want to be nice. I want to be nice. I want to be Everything that God has called me, yeah, part of it's been kind. Part of it's been gentle, been loving. And then God brings people around you to actually grow you. So don't pray those people out because those people won't be leaving. Pray that you will change. And then people go, oh, God's against me. The enemy is attacking me. No, it's definitely God. <laughs> uh, where, what are you learning? My, my, my mentor, my spiritual father, he used to say to me, you know, sometimes in our testing, we, don't, we fail to ask God, what am I learning in this? Because we would say, it's them, God. Lord, I pray that you will remove them from my life because there's nothing wrong with me, Lord. Because you know my heart, Lord God, there's nothing wrong. I'm like perfect. And God's saying, <laughs> Keep on thinking that way, buddy. Okay? But I'm going to make you into what I've called you to be. And you require some sandpaper moments. Who this week has had sandpaper moments? Every day. Every day. Well, there's a lot of work there. God loves you that much. That's how God loves you. He's not going to let you go. Because the carpenter loves to make sure that you are made into, the, into exactly what he's purposed you for. And guess what? It requires sandpaper. But Joe, what if your sandpaper is your husband? Well, praise God. <laughs> you've got to live with that. And you've got to learn from that. And you've got to ask yourself, God, what are you teaching me? Many times when I, when I, was, when I when me and Lydia have an argument, we had a good one yesterday, man. Oh, it was a good one. Felt like going for 30 years or something. But we had a good argument. And what I would say, good, because we, we finished it well. We're, yeah. And you're probably going, uh, arguments, especially being, oh, you guys are pastors in the church. You shouldn't be having arguments. You're like holy people. Yeah, no, no, no. It doesn't work like that. So we had this argument about something. And the crazy thing, I forgot what it was about. <laughs> but we had this. <laughs> but it was all Lydia's fault. Just for those watching right now. 
But it's, ama- it's amazing that, that I need to go away and actually have to ask myself and ask God, Lord, search my heart because I'm being a real egg. She's told me a few times I'm an egg and I think there's something I need to change in me. Actually, I know there's something I need to change in me. Change me, Lord God, because I'm not being patient. I'm saying some horrible things. I'm not being kind and gentle with this. But Lord, while you're doing that, can you just resolve her and just fix her? As well? <laughs> well, my wife is perfect, man. That's right, more perfect than your wives. It's recorded, baby, so it's on, it's on record. But the great thing about this and this relationship is that God actually grows you up pretty fast, really fast. And if you're not learning from these moments, you're going to actually still be immature even in your marriage. That God wants us to be mature and actually grow up. There's a lot of people in church that um, grow old but never grow up. <laughs> I don't know what that laugh was for. Well, praise God. But isn't it amazing? We come back to the text in Mark 10. That before that, in Mark 8, because there were quite a few blind people that were healed. If you go into Mark 8, uh, I'll read it to you. You can take the scripture down. Mark 8, uh, it talks about Jesus talking to this blind man. Um, at Bethsaida. And then he came to, in, in verse 21, it says he came to Bethsaida and they brought a blind man to him. Like there were blind people everywhere. Um, and begged and touched him. He took the blind man's hand by the hand and led him out of the town. And when he, had, when he spit on his eyes, whoa, try doing that to the person next to you and see what happens. And put his hands on him and he asked him if he saw anything. He looked up and said, I see Men, like trees, walking. So this is a blind man receiving his eyes. This is the other blind man before we get to Barabbas. And then he put his hands on his eyes, and again, he made him look up. And he restored and was restored. And it saw everyone clearly. And then he sent him away to his house, saying, Neither go to the town nor tell anyone in the town. The amazing thing about this miracle, before we get to the miracle of Barabbas, is that Jesus is trying to teach his disciples something. What is he trying to teach them? It's actually highlighted in verse, if you're taking notes, it's highlighted in verse 16 of chapter 8. And it says, And they reasoned amongst themselves, saying, It's because we have no bread. But Jesus, being aware of it, said to them, Why do you reason because you have no bread? Do you not have, do you not yet perceive nor understand? Is your heart still hardened? Having eyes, do you not see? And having ears, do not hear? And do you not remember? When I break the five loaves for the 5,000, how many baskets of full fragments? This is talking about the the testimonies of the feeding of 5,000, and now he's feeding the 4,000. And so this is the miracle of the bread. So what he's telling them is this. You guys have been around me this long. You guys... Believe that I'm the Messiah, and you'll see miracles. And yet, you can't, get to, you can't even see what I'm trying to do in people's lives. It's almost like you believe at one point, and then you forget at another point. It's amazing that when God does a miracle over here, and then like two days later, you're like going through a battle, a test over here, and you're going, God, where are you? Why have you left me? And God, God's already done the miracle here. And you're complaining over here. 
But the thing is that what Jesus is telling the disciples is that you guys don't get it. You can see, but you, you have sight, but you can't see. I'm still the miracle maker here. And I'm still the miracle maker here. And I'm still the miracle maker here. The thing is that we need to open our eyes to realize that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So whatever miracle He's done in your life over here, He wants to do it again. Do it again. Do it again. Do it again. And yes, you're going to go through some testing, but you've got to trust that God will come through. These guys were complaining that no one bought the bread. He's got the bread. Is the bogles? No. I'll just bring it along. It's bread. And they were complaining that they only had one loaf of bread. But they already saw that the miracle maker, Jesus, had already provided for thousands of people. But they were still hung up on one piece of bread. How many times have we gone, have we lacked and we thought to ourselves, God, are you going to break through? But then you look back in your history and you realize God has already provided. He's always provided. What we need over here is eyes to see what He wants to do. And that may be working on your character while you're going through the testing because He wants to break through again. So it's important to understand that you may have, you may have sight, but you cannot see. The thing about Bartimaeus is this. Bartimaeus actually is son of Timaeus. Timaeus actually means honor. Blind man lived in shame. God was restoring back to him honor. He wasn't a son of honor when he lived in shame. Hello? Who's Bartimaeus? You're probably asking. You. Every single person in this room is Bartimaeus. Whoa, whoa, you can't. You can't call me Bartimaeus. See, you were blind. You couldn't see what God had for you. You walk around this world going, oh, it's over here. Oh, this is how we're going to get a successful career, a successful life. But you're walking around blind, like Bartimaeus. And then one day he hears, and the Bible says this, Romans 10, faith comes by hearing. So he was on the ground, begging, hoping that his breakthrough would come. And guess what? Jesus walks into his life. The Bible says this, that when we have revelation, it's actually the vilam, the, the veil uplifted. Do you know when you go to weddings, the tradition you have when you uplift the veil? It comes from the uplifting of the veil, actually to bring, to reveal something. So in this instant, he was blind, and as Jesus revealed himself to him, his faith, after hearing, stirred him, because God gives us the faith to believe in him. It stirred us, and it stirred us to believe, just like Bartimaeus, that God is real. And then in this, Jesus actually highlights this even more. And he says to him, Jesus says, began to cry out. He cried out, son of David, and he goes into verse 49. So Jesus stood and still, stood still and commanded him to be called. Then they called the blind man, saying to him, be of good cheer, rise, he is calling you. 
And then what happens was this. Sonia, can I ask you to come to the front and just wear your jacket? Just put it on your shoulders, please. There's a word called shame that he had been living with his whole life. Unbelief. Unbelief is a sin. Fear. Because when people are calling out your vulnerabilities left, right, and center, you're going to be fearful about the fear of failure. His name actually meant to be honored, but yet he was a man without honor. Addicted. He was addicted to his current state of life. He's addicted to his current way of living. For us, our addictions could look like different things. Our addictions could be drugs. We had a testimony last week of being released from drugs. Our addictions could be the love of self. That could be addiction. When your whole life is selfies, there's something wrong. You need to get around a community that can love you for who you are. You don't need Facebook or Instagram to tell you how beautiful you are. You need to understand that God already treats you with loving eyes and values you because he sees the gold in you. And other things that people start naming. Who's had labels put on their lives? Hands up. And they start calling out. And then what, what happens is this is amazing part where Bartimaeus son of honor realizes that he's more value than what he is that he doesn't need to live where he's at that he can't just settle for where he's at some of us in this room have settled we've said it that's that's my that's my lot i'm done but god has not called you to settle today he's called you to take this off and what he does was throw it off Can you throw it harder? Like throw it like through that wall. <laughs> so throwing aside the shame, the doubt, the confusion, the sin, the addiction, the unrenewed mind, the self-centeredness, the judgmental thinking, the fear, and the fear of failure, the fear of men, the fear of anything else, which is holding him back. He threw that garment off and he rose up. We need to, number one, throw off. Everyone say throw off. Whatever's holding you back, you need to throw it off today. Number two, you need to rise up. Everyone say rise up. And number three, you need to run to Jesus. Throw off, rise up, run to just repeat that after me. Throw off, rise up, run to. Some of you need to do it today. Thanks, Tanya. Appreciate it. Give a round of applause. Thanks so much. So whatever's back here, whatever's holding you back, you need to throw off today. Whatever situations you may be faced with, whatever challenges have come your way, you got to say, not today, Satan. Not today. 
in my house, not in my life. I'm going to throw it up. I'm going to rise up like Bartimaeus, and I'm going to run too. That's what we need to start doing on a daily basis. We need to throw off. If you're doubting who you are or not sure if you even know Jesus, you need to throw that off. Rise up and run too. Because guess what? Bartimaeus realized something, that his healing wasn't going to come from oh, internalizing the situation. It wasn't going to come from that. Oh, let me think about it for a little bit. Let me process it for a little bit. No, his healing had to come from outside. And when his faith was stirred, he realized his healing coming from Jesus. And I don't know about you this morning, but I'm tired of being settled in this. And as a church, we're just settled. And I really feel that we need to start to rise. We need to start to run too. We need to throw up, rise up, and run too. And that's basic. But tomorrow, Monday's coming. Today's revival day. But then tomorrow is like, woo. One of my favorite songs, and I say this all the time. Every preach I use, I say this. It's a hill song, 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 and it says, you say on Sunday how much you want revival. But then on mon- Monday, you can't even find your Bible. Hello? It's an old school song, but it's a great song. It's a great song. Because it reminds us that guess what? Jesus in our everyday life doesn't just happen when we feel like it's making us happy on a Sunday. Like church is something I want to add on to my life. We talked about add-ons. Remember Helen Steins? I used to work there. And we used to have the whole table behind the, the person. We say, hey, are you finished your purchase, sir? Because there's a wonderful sale, two, dollars, or two, two garments for only $29.95. You can walk out with that to add on to your sale today. That was an add-on. That's what we do with Jesus. Hello? Well, Jesus will make my life feel better. I feel better going to church. I feel better talking about Jesus. But guess what? The thing is that the fruit of being with Jesus is evidence in what you are seen to be doing, not what you're saying to be doing. You can put up all the memes in the world on Facebook, all you want. It's not going to get you closer to a, the throne room of God. Hello? But what it's going to do, maybe even a witness to a friend, or even be a good witness to someone else. One of my good friends was here last week, and he comes in because he saw something on, on social media, and he wanted to be part of what we're doing this morning. But this, um, yes, last week. But the thing is that it's important to understand. Rise up, run to. All together, throw off, rise up. One again, let's go. Throw off. One more time. If you're settled today and you, you don't want to be settled anymore and um, you're too tired of where you're at right now, and you want to get more involved in your relationship with God, if you want to go to a next level in terms of what you believe God has called you to, or even being a light in your community that you're part of, or your sphere of influence, some of us are honestly undercover Christians. And people go, if people are surprised that you go to church, that's a problem. That, that's a problem. You've got to be living it, not just, just, not just Sunday stuff, okay? It's going to be every day. And I'm saying it hard because I know some of us, not, not in this room, but out there, <laughs> it's for the people watching right now. We've got to stop being, it's okay to be a Christian. You can stand up for what you believe. And you can be settled in that, okay? And other people are going to have their opinions, and that's fine. That's fine. You don't go and scratch their car because you're angry with them. 
You just make your point known. That that's where you stand. That's your convictions. That's what you value. And you stand on that because it's time to throw off. It's time to rise up and it's time to run to. If you're tired of where you're at and you want to actually have just grow more, we're actually just walk into everything that God has called you. I want you to stand to your feet just right now. Say, man, that's me. I'm not saying, I don't want, I'm, I've had enough of where I'm at. I'm going to move to another level. Guess what? Nothing's going to happen after this prayer unless you do something about it. Because we can say all the amens you want and then uh, go home and it's still the same. Amen actually means so be it. So that means you're going to do it. So don't amen if you're not going to do it. But God, we want to pray, Lord God, that you'll take us to the next level. Another level in our faith and also another level in how we walk in with you. Lord, you know you've challenged us over the last couple of months, last few years, or even our lives have been challenges. But Lord, I know that's for our forming and for our character. And I pray this morning, Lord God, that you would grow us even more. Lord, I pray that even tomorrow that you would assist by actually doing what you need to do. Provide us with the, the people around us who will stir us to change. And I pray that even in our own lives, Lord God, that we'll be a light to our communities, a light to the people around us, and that we'll be able to speak life into others and find the gold in them. Father, we pray, Lord God, that this wouldn't just be a nice, lovely message that we hear on a Sunday, but then forget it on Monday. I pray today in Jesus' name, we declare, Lord God, that we would throw off, that we would rise up, and that we would run to. We thank you, Lord Jesus. We give you the glory and the honor. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 When you turn around and give someone a hug, a high five, a hello. If you need prayer for anything, um, please come to the front and there will be a team waiting for you. But please stick around.